We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast thursday october 28th 2021 you don't care what day it is it is game day my friends that are listening to the pack a day podcast here on the pack a day podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify google pods wherever it is you find your podcast, you will find us like and subscribe. Give us a review if you have the opportunity to do so. I am your host for this show this evening. I am Jacob Westendorf on a Thursday night. Jimmy Christensen is in the second most happy place in the world, and that is Disneyland. The happiest place, of course, is 1265 Lombardi Avenue, Lambeau Field. But he is not there. He is at Disney with Hadley and Winston and his lovely wife, Desiree. And we look forward to getting him back, hopefully next week. But I do have Maggie Loney tonight with me, as I always do. Uh, Maggie had the grace enough to step in and come in between work events and work needs. So I appreciate that. Maggie, it is fall. Are you freezing cold yet? No, but I do have to correct you and tell you that Jimmy is at Disney World, which is better than Disneyland and in Florida. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Disney. Okay. <laughs> I, I do that all the time. But yes, you're right. Disney World, which that's the one I've been to. It is the um, far superior Disney experience. I have never been to the one in, the, in California, so I will have to take your word for it. But that it's is something bigger. that I am. Yeah, it's bigger. Okay. It's bigger is always. It's like that line from um, How I Met Your Mother. He says, new is always better. Big is always better in, <laughs> in this case. So a little quote and a uh, shout out to Barney Stinson there for those that are fans or formerly fans of that show it's now uh, off the air but we're not here to talk about television if we were we would be talking about the return of dexter which is next sunday on showtime and i could not be more thrilled for that development and uh, the new season of all american which came out last night so for those that have wondered what my tv viewing looks like i've just given you that there's those two there's friday night lights formerly obviously and then um shameless which i, I watch quite frequently on netflix so and i'm convinced Aaron Rodgers' costume and why he's growing his hair out is so he can look like Frank Gallagher from the show. So if you're interested, you really in that, think that's it? I mean, I've seen every episode of Shameless, but I, I have not seen every episode. I'm working through season eleven as we speak, but I'm hoping that it is because when he came out to the Saints game 
and he had the hair and he had the beard and everything going with it. And by the middle of the game, he was kind of a sweaty mess and looked kind of bummy because the Packers were getting their butt kicked. It was just, I was just like, he looks like Frank Gallagher, but I don't think that's actually, it's a, somebody said the big Lebowski and that makes perfect sense knowing Aaron Rodgers. but that's beside the point. Maggie, is there anything on your Netflix Hulu streaming television docket that's that's interesting since I've talked about all mine. Jacob, nobody is here to listen to us talk about Netflix. I feel like we should talk about <laughs> the Packer game. Oh, yeah. That is there's, tonight. One of, there's one of those. <laughs> that's tonight. what I'll be yes. watching. I am not used to having a game preview show. So this is fun. It's a lot uh, to do. Normally you get, you know, Mark Eckel and, and some of the others on the game preview side of things, but we don't have that. Uh, you have us tonight. So my condolences for wasting the first four minutes talking about television. Everybody but turned it off. In. Nobody's going to get to the game preview. <laughs> they just well, turned this episode off. <laughs> those that are still listening, thank you for doing so. We appreciate having you. We're happy to do uh, anything for you here. And let's talk a little bit about the biggest story of the game, which of course is the fact that Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard will not be playing Adams. A positive test, Alan Lazard, a close contact, both placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. And you have on the other side, J.J. Watt will not be playing against his hometown team, a team that some thought maybe J.J. Watt could be playing for this season, but he is not. Uh, but let's focus on the Packers side of things. The Watt thing is worth mentioning because it could affect some of the stuff on offense, and we'll get to that in a minute. But the big question, Maggie, wide receiver one is Devontae Adams in the entire NFL. Wide receiver two in the Packers offense lately has been Alan Lazard. So without those two guys, how do you navigate this offense against, or how do you navigate this defense with the offense against Arizona? Yeah. I mean, I think you lean on your support system. Like, you know, it's expected that Cobb is going to have a, an increased role. And I think he will specifically on third downs, you know, Rogers looks for him kind of to be that guy in the middle of the field. You're hoping that MBS comes back, can be a field stretcher and kind of keep defenses accountable. Because I think right now without Devante, and without MVS, you don't really have anybody that can take the top off the defense and really pose a downfield threat. So I think the Cardinals can just kind of play contain for most of the day and keep that Packers offense in front of them. Um, I think it's going to be a big night for Aaron Jones. You know, obviously he's second on the team by a significant margin in receptions. He has 26. Um, nobody else, I think, has more than 15. So he should get a lot of looks in the passing game. But I would expect to see a bunch of 21, a bunch of 12. You know, maybe Matt LaFleur gets weird and we see some 13. Um, but just leaning on all the other skill positions because it is a very young, inexperienced wide receiver room without Randall Cobb. Or excluding yeah, that, him from that group. And that's the part that gets kind of interesting. As you talked about the running game, you talked about playing big. We talked about pre-show how Packers have run a bunch of spread this year, and it's made some sense because of the needs and the issues that they have along the offensive line. And those issues are still going to be there when they play tomorrow night because David Bakhtiari seems unlikely to suit up. And I think that the most realistic target date for his return is going to be next week against Kansas City, if not November 14th against the Seattle Seahawks. That's a significant injury. There's a lot of practices in a ramp-up period that he's got to build up on. He'll still be able to play nine or ten games if that is something to happen. But this is a game where I think now, especially without J.J. Watt, they're going to be able to play those condensed formations a little bit more, and they're going to have to because if you're going to play the spread, that works when you have Tay and Lazard and Cobb and all those other guys that they have that can and you can split out backs and just do that other stuff. You can't do that now. Uh, it seems the expectation is that Marquez Valdez-Scantling will be back, but that is not official as we record here tonight. 
And if you don't have him, now you're talking about, like you mentioned, Cobb, EQ, Amari Rogers, and Malik Taylor. Not a lot of experience there in the receiver room. That could lead to a bit of a struggle if you try and play that way. I think you're going to get what the new popular phrase on Packers Twitter during games appears to be run the ball, which is fine. I get it. The Packers have a really good set of running backs, but this week is a week where they can afford to kind of play bigger and try and ram the ball down Arizona's throat because Arizona is not a very good run defense. And that plays into the Packers advantage this week. If you will, if there were a week, there's never a good week to be missing Devonte Adams. Like Aaron Rodgers said, you know, we're not a better team without him. And he's absolutely right when he says that. But if there is a week to be missing him playing against a team who struggles to stop the runs, not a bad one to have something like that going on. So I anticipate the Packers to play a lot of Aaron Jones, a lot of AJ Dillon. And I think you'll see more Kylan Hill by extension for that to try and run the ball against this Arizona defense. Do you have any concerns about that being, I mean, Arizona's probably expecting that at this point. Do you have any concerns about that? I don't know if they're concerns about the run game in general, but I think my concerns are this Packers team sustaining drives. They can't afford to go three and out. You know, it's a Cardinals offense that is putting up 30 plus points in six out of seven games. Like they will get their points. Um, you know, the Packers defense looked better in the red zone, but this is a Cardinals offense that is built to score and spread the ball around the Cardinals defense on the flip side of that is, you know, right now, number one in the NFL in points against their first in the NFL at stopping third and fourth downs as well. They're allowing less than 30% on third downs. And, you know, they have the best percentage, I think 25% on fourth downs as well. So the Packers really need to be methodical and sustain drives, especially if they don't potentially have Devontae or MBS for some of those shot plays, those chunk plays to get a significant amount of yards like you need to keep this Cardinals defense on the field and get them tired, especially because we know the Cardinals offense can turn things around and put up points right away. Um, I think it, I think it could come down to a shootout. So I guess that's my answer is run the ball, sustain drives and keep that Cardinals defense on the field to get them gassed. And that's the way I think they're, they were going to have to play, even if they had Adams and company, you know, you mentioned that the Cardinals are very good at getting off the field on third and fourth down, and they're now getting Chandler Jones back. So I mentioned they won't have J.J. Watt. They will have Chandler Jones, who is one of their best players on that side of the ball. So I look forward to seeing this matchup. I look forward to seeing you know how you know this week, and maybe we're reading too much into it. I saw some Packers Twitter people saying that Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers both kind of smiled, saying they got to get ready for their bag of tricks and everything too. It's not just the Packers that got to get ready for their stuff. Uh, The Cardinals have to be ready for Green Bay's as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing that and what what all Green Bay has in store because there is going to be some creativity needed. You know, that's just the reality. When you play without your two best receivers or two of your top receivers and maybe three if MVS can't roll, then there's a lot to be asking of people. So I hope MVS is able to play because I think his speed and presence that way, if nothing else, could open up some more lanes in a running game. But you're right. This is a game that they have to – play the best defense is their best or their best defense in this case might be their offense because in this league scoring points is easier than it ever has been. And I'm not saying that to be some old crotchety man and say like, (laughs) Oh, they don't let them play defense anymore. It's just a reality. That's how it is. It is hard to play defense in the NFL. Nowadays teams are going to get yards. They're going to score points. And then you have the fact that the other team has a top three to five MVP candidate 
under center in Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, who they said is probably going to play uh, despite being a game time decision for Thursday night's game. So you're going to have to do things that way. And let's flip to the defensive side of the ball now, because even if it is easier to score points, the Packers are still going to have to do some things and make some stops. What I'm looking for is a blend between what they did in the Washington game versus what they did in the Chicago game, because the Washington game where the other team doesn't score at all when they get into the red zone, probably not that realistic. The Chicago game where they basically have two touchdown drives and nothing else happens, also not realistic. The other trend I would like to see continue is the Packers have a turnover or have gotten a turnover in every game this season, except for the New Orleans one. And we all know that they should have had one in that game as well. But looking on that side of the ball, what is something that you're looking to see for this Packers team against the Cardinals? Is there a specific matchup you're looking at? Or what are your thoughts on you know this side of the ball, that side of the game? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I mean, I'm really interested in the fact that, uh, you know, they're going to be without Joe Barry. So Jerry Gray is going to be calling the plays for the defense. And I think if anybody was going to do it, we all kind of expected it to be Jerry Gray. He's got DC experience. It made a lot of sense. Um, but I think his secondary is really kind of going to be the crux of this matchup this week. It's like almost if you look at the Cardinals offense, it's like a 180 from this Packers offense where, you know, Devonte Adams has all the numbers in the receiving room for the Packers. And then if you look at the Cardinals offense, you know, they've got 
so many receivers that they're spreading the ball around to. They have five different players that already have 30 or more targets this season. On the Packers, it's Devontae, and that's it with 30 or more targets this season or receptions. So, I mean, it's really interesting that, like, you know, yes, DeAndre Hopkins is the name, and we think that he will play, but they've got Christian Kirk, and they've got A.J. Green, and they've got Rondell Moore, and Chase Edmonds is a running back, but he's getting really involved with the passing game. So I'm curious how Jerry Gray is going to utilize the secondary. Are we going to see Rasul Douglas on the boundary opposite Eric Stokes? Because I think that he deserves that. I think he's played really well. Will Kevin King come back? Will they mix him in in some looks? Um, is Chandon Sullivan? I think Chandon Sullivan's played really well too in the nickels, so you don't really necessarily want Kevin King to come in and take his spot either. Is he relegated to a backup? To me, that's going to be, I think, the most interesting part is how this Packers defense contains all of those different options because Kyler Murray is really doing a good a good job this year of using his arms and not necessarily scrambling and using his legs as much as we would expect him to. And oh, by the way, he can do that. So <laughs> there's also that part of things to make him uh, a scary matchup for this Packers team. And you mentioned Krista Kirk, Rondell Moore, AJ Green. You mentioned all their receivers, so I don't need to go back through all of them. But I think it's a good test for this Packers team because everybody's mentioned, oh, they're playing better defense while they haven't played anybody. Not entirely true because Cincinnati's offense is very good. And what Green Bay was able to do to their defense, in my opinion at least, needs to get a little bit more love than it has in the last couple of weeks. But that's beside the point. I like the point that you brought up about getting the cornerbacks and how those are going to be deployed. I mean, Eric Stokes has been a nice player through early part of the season, probably um, as good as you could have hoped for as a rookie. Rasul Douglas, what a revelation. Because last week, the only bad play that I could think of that he had was a garbage pass interference penalty. It should not have been, yeah. Correct. And then you have Shannon Sullivan, who, like you mentioned, I thought has played well as well. Uh, as long as I don't see Isaac Yadam on the field, quite frankly, I feel pretty good about any of the – I mean, I'm grading them on a bit of a curve. I mean, I understand it's not Jair Alexander, but it's not a complete mismatch like it has been, and that includes even if they get Kevin King on the field. Now, King on the field this week could be interesting just because Arizona has a variety of receivers, I think, that could give him fits if he is in fact playing, you look at guys like Moore and Kirk and some of those quick twitch type players that could be a bit of a struggle for him. But I do think they can match up there in the secondary. I do think even though he's a mobile quarterback, this is the type of game where can green Bay get enough pressure to where they're going to force Kyler to hurry some of his throws or run away and try and extend some plays and stuff like that. It's going to be tough. It's a challenge. Good offenses always are. And I think that if you look at it through the lens on the other side is Arizona also has to deal with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who's very good at a lot of those same things. But I say all that to say, I'm looking at the guys up front. Can Preston Smith come back? I think that would be a big boost to this defense, even if it's in a limited role. Whitney Merciless getting more snaps as he gets more acclimated. And then Rashawn Gary, of course, who has seven to 10 pressures a game. That certainly doesn't hurt when you're doing those kinds of things. And the boys in the middle. Now, this is something I kind of want to touch on now because Kenny Clark, we know what he is. He's a stud. And his numbers, Jake Morley threw some stuff up today. His numbers this year so far are comparable. They're not the same. Aaron Donald's better. Don't make this something it's not. But his numbers are comparable to Aaron Donald's this year. Good company to be in. The big thing is the other guys, though. Dean Lowry and Kingsley Kiki have been good for a month. Yeah. That's not a small sample anymore. When you've been good for a month, and Lowry has a splash play each of the last two games, 
Kiki had two sacks. Well, damn near two sacks on Sunday against Washington. And he had a big, big little bit against Pittsburgh as well. He had the forced fumble against Pittsburgh earlier this month and played well in the other games in October as well. Is your confidence level in this defensive line, which I think we all would have agreed before the season started, the weakest group on this Packers defense, is that rising at all as we get through here into the early part of November? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we talked about the strengths of each position group going into the season. And I think I think it was a show that you and Jimmy actually were not available for. And I was with Sanjay and we ranked position groups on the Packers and we both had defensive line at the very end because it was kind of an unknown outside of Kenny Clark. You know, Tyler Lancaster was a question mark. Dean Lauer was everyone's trade bait for the entire offseason. Nobody thought he was going to stick around. Yes, they drafted TJ Slayton, but you know, he was a rookie. We didn't think he was going to be taking too many snaps. And even he had a nice play on special teams against Washington, made a key field goal block. So, I mean, they're going into, you know, the season, seeing the first couple weeks and thinking, oh man, Kenny needs a bunch of help, especially knowing that like Z was gone. Yeah. The confidence is definitely there. And I mean, I think, you know, it sounds like at least I didn't see if he was ruled out completely, but the Arizona, you know, the team's going to be without their starting center, so that's going to be a really good opportunity for this Packers front two to get after that because, you know, the Cardinals have a good offensive line, but anytime you're without your starter, especially at center, that's a position you can absolutely capitalize on. Unfortunately, something we're all too familiar with, with missing yeah. starters on the offensive line is the Packers. The good news for this week is I think for the first time this season, and I could be wrong on this, but for the first time this season, the Packers are going to be starting the same group from left to right on their offensive line. Assuming nothing happens between now and tomorrow night, they should have Elton Jenkins at left tackle, Runyon, Patrick, Newman, and Billy Turner rounding out. So that would be, I think, again, I could be wrong, but the first time this season they've had that same grouping through five games at all the same positions, which is just incredible to me that that's a possibility. I sincerely cannot wait for what this offense could look like once they get David Bakhtiari back, and it turns out that it could be, you know, just in time for a potential shootout against Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, assuming Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs remember how to play football between now and then. It appears they're having a bit of a rough go. But that <clears throat> is for next week's show. We can talk about that then. Let's get into a little bit again. I, I do, I kind of want to flip back here to the offensive side of the ball. We talked about the pass catchers. Which guy do you think steps up for this Packer? Because as much as we talked about run the ball, pound the rock, possess the ball, that's up. You still have to make throws unless it's the 2019 NFC championship game between the 49ers and the Packers. You have to throw stop the ball it. a little bit. <laughs> well, stop it. <laughs> yeah, that probably wasn't necessary. <laughs> Absolutely um, not. You're going to have to make a throw at some point or another to win this, to win a game like this and stay in a game like this, quite frankly. So who makes those plays? This feels very 2015 Jeff Janis, Jared Aberderacy. I really feel like it's going to be EQ. And I say that because, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't like go out of his way to praise guys. And he's said a lot of really good things about EQ. He's talked about how he's really happy he came back, even after he didn't make the initial 53-man roster. But he talked to him about staying on the practice squad and looking for opportunities. Should have had a touchdown like against Chicago. I think everybody can agree that that was just a bizarrely officiated game all around. Um, had his one play, I guess, against Washington, but that ended up being a run play. So he doesn't necessarily have any receptions this season. Uh, but I think Rodgers wants to go to him, and especially with Lazard out, 
if MVS doesn't come back, yes, Cobb is going to be the guy. I think he'll get his looks, but I really feel like EQ is going to be utilized a ton. And he's somebody that Aaron Rodgers wants to get the ball to. Yeah, that that's the way that I am. I am looking as well. You know, EQ, I think the impressive part is, okay, so the Packers keep six receivers out of camp. That means the highest EQ was on the depth chart coming out of camp was seventh. Now, He's getting more snaps than Amari Rogers after being signed off the practice squad. Uh, it looks like he is in the top four. And well, I mean, this week, obviously he's, he's in the top four, but he looks to be that fourth guy after, you know, Rogers or Rogers, I'm sorry, Adams, Lazard, MBS, Cobb being the top four when they've been healthy, but they obviously haven't been healthy at that time. So maybe he becomes that fifth guy. Once those guys are in, there's a lot that remains to be seen on that, but I think this could be a week for him to make a couple of plays. And I can tell you, there isn't a stat for this. There isn't a term for this, or maybe there is, and I just don't know what it is. But I can tell you, when EQ makes plays, it just looks cooler than some of the other guys, the way that they do those things. If you look like the example I have in my head is last year, they're playing Chicago at home, and it's third and 10, and he catches a slant over the middle, and he just kind of runs for a little while, and he ends up sitting on a Chicago bench and pointing for a first down. I'm it just looks cooler than when, than when some other receivers do it. So I don't know what that is or what that's worth, but I do think you could see him make a couple of plays tomorrow. And the reality is they're going to have to, I mean, if I was a betting man, you know, your two leading receivers for tomorrow night's game are going to be Aaron Jones and Randall Cobb. That just makes sense to me. And I think it's, I'm not giving any groundbreaking analysis there, but somebody else has to make a play or two. And it doesn't feel like that can be Robert Tunyon. They have Arizona has Isaiah Simmons and Buda Baker. And that just feels like something that could suck up some tight ends very, very quickly. So it's yeah. not going to be something like that. It's going to have to be another receiver. And right now I haven't seen Amari Rogers make a play outside of two yards of the line of scrimmage with Aaron Rodgers in the game. I should say Malik Taylor hasn't played in a couple weeks. So that's a long time. And EQ has. So I think that makes perfect sense. That's where you're going to find some stuff. So, I look forward to the creativity of Matt LaFleur. I look forward to the use in the passing game. And I look forward to seeing if Green Bay can just own the line of scrimmage. As a former offensive lineman, that's something that that really gets me going. I really enjoy seeing that happen. But okay, I, I, do I look forward question. to I sure. have a question for you about this offense. Do we see a trick play from this Matt LaFleur offense? And I guess to make it more specific, does somebody not named Aaron Rodgers throw the ball on Thursday night football. Oh, that's a good one. I do think that they do. And it's because when you're outgunned like that, you have to be able to do some stuff. That's a little different. And now Randall Cobb, former college quarterback. So he does have the ability to throw the ball a little bit. I don't believe he's ever actually completed a pass. And then the only plays that come to mind of him throwing the ball in a Packers uniform all ended in disaster. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the one part that worries me a little bit, but I do think that that does happen. What do you, do you think somebody else other than Rogers throws the ball? I think so. And I mean, I don't know if they're just saying things like that because those are sound bites that are going to get to the Cardinals locker room. You know, I'm sure they're going to bring out some unscouted looks. You know, we talk to dusty all the time about um, all the different concepts and the looks that they give from the same personnel packages, just, you know, to keep defenses guessing. So but I do. I think they're going to get creative. And I, I agree with you. It's like Perry brought this up uh, on PAX, what she said. But she said, you know, you look at the Lions against the Rams. When you feel outclassed, you have nothing to lose. 
And this is a Packers team that, you know, to quote the great Mike McCarthy is nobody's underdog, but you know, when you've got shorthanded players all around you, there's some opportunity for creativity there. And I think the Packers are going to get creative. Um, it sucks though, because Devonte Adams and old tight end Richard Rogers had two of the best arms on the team and they will not be available for throwing purposes, but let's talk about like, what if it's big dog? What if big dog throws a touchdown? I hope he catches one. Just, I, I want him to throw one. Yeah. Why not both? <laughs> Honestly. I mean, at this point, why not both? I can tell you big dog is quickly becoming one of those guys that he's not going to be like, you know, a Packer or like a hall of fame type of player. He probably won't even make the Packers hall of fame unless he catches a game winning touchdown in this year's super bowl or something like that. Boy, would that be something, but just the way that he's endeared himself, obviously to his entire team. And I have this really weird, like sensation and enjoying barking at my television <laughs> when he catches the ball. And and in the stands, even on Sunday, I was barking at him as he caught a couple of passes. And like I mentioned on Twitter today, the lady in front of me did not find that nearly as funny as as Adam and I did. But it was a lot of fun to go through that. But yeah, I look forward to seeing that. I didn't even think about a, a special kind of thing for something like that. So the Packers haven't run a trick play that I can remember in, in Matt LaFleur's era. So that could be something that uh, maybe swings the game one where you see the New England Patriots do it all the time. Julian Edelman threw a touchdown pass in a playoff game once that completely spun that in New England's favor against Baltimore. So that's something that could be looking forward to. We're running short on time here, so let's get to the prediction portion of things. The Cardinals line has jumped up to minus six and a half with the Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard news, mostly the Adams news in that case. They're on the road. It's a short week. They've won six in a row. So if you want to believe in due, I guess the Packers are due to lose, but by the same token, so is Arizona. Maggie, who wins and why? See, I hate this. I picked the Packers to lose against San Fran, and maybe it's the eternal optimist in me or just being a Packer fan. I never go into games expecting them to lose. Like, I talked to my dad about this actually last year, um, or even like the, you know, the Hail Mary game in Detroit a couple of seasons ago. I, like, physically, with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, I'm very hardwired to never actually think that the Packers are going to lose a football game until there are zero point zero zero seconds left on the clock I always kind of think the Packers can come back except maybe in like the fourth quarter of the Saints game this season I felt like that was <laughs> that was kind of just you know a lost cause um, but I think that given all of the challenges this team is facing really short week without Devonte Adams without Alan Lazard kind of feeling like you said outgunned I think it's going to have to be a shootout and as much as I like Aaron Rodgers in shootout scenarios not knowing what the rest of the team is going to be able to pull off. I had the score on packs, which he said 35, 31 Packers. I think that they'll put up points against the Cardinals defense, which is something that most teams haven't been able to do this year. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that the Cardinals come out on top being at home, you know, not having to travel. I think there's a lot of factors that go into it outside of necessarily the X's and O's. Well, when I was on the radio on Tuesday, I picked green Bay to win 30 to 27. And that was before, uh, they announced Alan Lazard was out as well. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, they won a game last year without Adams. Lazard went bonkers. That could definitely happen. Um, that being said, I think that call it a suspicion, call it maybe putting too much into intangible things, whatever you want to think. But this is the first big game that the Cardinals have ever played in under Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray in a game of this magnitude where 
if Arizona wins, they're two games up on Green Bay in the loss column for a race for seeding in the NFC. Now that doesn't include the results, obviously of the Los Angeles Rams who the Cardinals have already beaten. And of course the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the rest of the season. So and the Cowboys and the Cowboys and, and, and the Cowboys. Yes, you're right. Uh, actually the Cowboys playing now the Cowboys playing in the NFC East probably helps their cause in that standpoint because Tampa Bay still has to play new Orleans a couple times. They'll play Carolina who, Carolina sucks right now, but still feels like a team that could maybe give them a bit of a run. Dallas plays in a division with Washington, who's terrible. The Eagles are one of the worst teams in football. And the Giants, who are not good. I don't know what else. got an inside track, yeah. So that'll help them in the fact that they play six games against those teams in general. And they've already played Philadelphia once and the Giants once. So just a few more games against those teams. But still. Those teams are bad, all that stuff. Anyways, it's the first game that Arizona's played like this in that time. And you've seen it before. We're like the new team that's in the playoffs. It seems like they always take a, you know, it's very rare that you see a team ahead of schedule getting to the Super Bowl. Like the Packers were a really good team in 2009. And then they played a playoff game and just kind of crapped themselves before being down, what, 35 to 10, I think, at one point before that game ended 51-45. A great game against Arizona, oddly enough. The next year, they win the Super Bowl. A few years ago, the Kansas City Chiefs are playing in the playoffs, and it's Patrick Mahomes' first big playoff game against New England, and they lose. And even though Kansas City is probably the better team, they lose to New England. Just some of the small stuff, the small details that kind of matter in games like this can kind of get lost. So I think Arizona might struggle that way. Uh, And by struggle, I'm not going to say they're only going to score like 10 points, but I just think that Green Bay is more equipped for stuff like this. They're battle tested. They have some veterans that have played in games like this. Arizona does as well, but not, not at the most important positions. So I say all that to say, I like Green Bay 30 to 27, and I hope it doesn't come down to a last second field goal because the field goal unit makes me want to throw up over the last (laughs) couple of weeks. If there's any one big thing to complain about, oddly enough, the Packers special teams, the biggest thing to complain about right now, is the field goal operation, which is crazy to think because they have Mason Crosby, but they're just something weird team, whether it's Mason missing one, the blocking being piss poor, getting one actually blocked. Hopefully they got that one out of the way and they know what they're doing from there. But I like Green Bay. Maggie likes Arizona, I guess. So there's that. I don't I like it. A- I don't like anything about it. I'm just saying. Maggie's realistic, probably a little more realistic, and I'm a homer. So that's fine. I don't care. I'll handle that. I'll wear that badge happier than most people will. That's going to do it for this episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Like I mentioned at the top, like and subscribe uh, to the show. Give us a rate, review, all that good stuff. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Jacob Westerf. You can find just about everything I do there. Working on some really fun and exciting stuff for the Seattle home game. So just keep that in the back of your mind, and I'll kind of let you know what's going on once I know a little bit more. You can find Maggie at... Maggie J. Loney on Twitter. Um, you can find me with Perry Goldstein hosting Packs What She Said at PWSS Podcast. And then I also do some writing over at Cheesehead TV. So there you have that Packers Cardinals 722 night. You can find it on NFL Network, Amazon Prime. I don't know where the hell to find Fox. it. Yet. I just, Fox. I just, it's on TV. And if it's not on TV, it's on Amazon. And if it's not on any of those things, I'm sure that some of you guys have access to some streams that are um, less than legal. So if you've got those, enjoy that. Enjoy the game. Look forward to talking to you guys with the whole crew back next week. Thanks for listening. Go Pack Go.